the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Hour number two underway now at eight minutes past ten o'clock of the Bob France Authority on a Thursday, the 27th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. To the great communicator, we need your strength. We need your inspiration now more than ever before. Those uh, inspiring words of President Reagan, we give you at the top of every hour. I really, really feel the need for them this particular hour. Why? Because literally just moments ago, the not confirmation hearings, rather, we should be having confirmation votes by now, but the uh, testimony given before the Senate Judiciary Committee is underway. Uh, Chuck Grassley, the um, uh, committee chairman, is speaking. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford is seated, and she is preparing to give her opening statement before she faces rounds of questions from senators and from uh, the Republican uh, appointee, uh, who is going to be a female former prosecutor, who is going to be asking questions on some uh, the behalf of some of the Republican senators on that committee. Joining us now to analyze this um, very strange, twisted tale uh, of, uh, of a confirmation process is Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee, of course, is the RNC national spokesperson. She's also a former uh, CNN contributor, and she is a current political commentator as well. Joining us now at AM 1420, The Answer. Kaylee, thank you for the time today. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Are you watching this with as much uh, in, uh, scrutiny and, and, and uh, intensity as I am? Because I'm, almost, I'm not even in the room, and my heart is kind of pounding for this situation. Yes, um, I'm watching it pretty intently. I actually have it uh, on here on a television as we talk. And, and, you know, Chairman Grassley right now is really correctly highlighting the political antics of the Democrats who sat on this allegation for months. And, and you've got to ask yourself, you know, if Democrats really cared about the merits of the allegation and not politics, they would have raised this far sooner than they did. So I'm pleased to see Chairman Grassley really highlighting the fact that, that they sat on this, that they used it for political gain uh, and not for the purposes of finding the truth. 
Well, you know, that's a great point. And, and, and you know, Kelly, I, I've been saying for a long time, and a lot of other people have too, that this is, there's just so much of this that rings uh, untrue and rings of just politics because they, they outed themselves before Judge Kavanaugh's name was even revealed, before President Trump made his choice. They said, we will fight to the death to, to stop this nomination, no matter who it might be. And they said they will do so by any means necessary. Then when Kavanaugh's name was, was revealed, then they filled in his name on the placards that they had that said stop this person um, and they were going to do whatever it took to stop him had they had they even given a hint of well we look forward to seeing who the president chooses so that we can evaluate them appropriately then maybe their indignation now about all of these things coming up might be taken more seriously but they told us ahead of time what they were going to do kaylee Exactly. Uh, Chuck Schumer said, I will stop at no end to make sure Brett Kavanaugh does not get a seat on the Supreme Court. Uh, and he did stop at no end, leveling these accusations. And so there have been so many uh, that have come out and, and we found them to be false. First, I would note there's no corroborating evidence of any of them. Uh, that's an assessment made by Jake Tapper of CNN, not myself. Um, and secondly, I would note just last night, there was a man who came out and said, Brett Kavanaugh assaulted my friend. And he retracted that and apologized and said he was mistaken. Uh, well, the damage is already done after you've leveled an accusation with such a serious charge. I mean, it's, it's really incredible what we see happening and the fact that Dr. Ford's lawyer, Deborah Katz, a big Democratic activist, represented another one of the accusers um, in, a, in a previous sexual allegation uh, that she leveled against a company. There's just all of these really crazy ties uh, and the fact that a Democrat who was advising Ms. Ford actually um, leaked to the press during the Clarence Thomas hearing and forced Anita Hill to essentially come forward. You know, I feel badly for Ms. Ford. I feel badly for Kavanaugh. I think that they have really been dragged into a political game by Democrats. Yeah, there's no question they have been. Kaylee McEnany joining us. She is the spokesman for the RNC. Um, spokesperson, rather. Um, speaking of that little gender correction that I just made, um, you know, your voice is an important one here, Kaylee, as a female, because, you know, the hashtag believe women, hashtag believe survivors is is going around. Maisie Hirono, uh, Senator from Hawaii, among others, saying you have to believe women because they're women. She actually said uh, to into a live microphone, the men in the United States need to just shut up. Uh, we have no say because we're males. Um, and women are automatically to be believed if they make an accusation simply because they are women. As a woman, how do you, how do you reconcile all that? Well, first, uh, I don't, let's make clear to Ms. Hirono that sexual assault is not um, exclusive to women. There are men who are assaulted too. So to make this a gender claim is really just kind of bizarre and, and doesn't ring in truth. And no, you have a right to be heard, but men have a right, and women, whoever is the accused, has a right to be innocent until proven guilty. That is a standard that we have in this country for a reason. Uh, you can't come out and smear someone's name without details. Uh, both sides have to be heard and making this a gender uh, sort of accusation, making this all about you know someone's gender. Men are guilty by virtue of how they were born. It's just uh, really a, a regrettable thing she said, but one she kind of doubled down on. She's um, making some really bizarre claims out there, not just the men one. I would also note that she said Judge Kavanaugh is more likely to be a sexual assaulter because of the way he does his judicial opinions, because he's a Constitution-loving uh, originalist, which is another bizarre claim to have made from the senator uh, from Hawaii. 
Yeah, that's very well said. I mean, it's it's just it's just stunning. I mean, I've never seen anything like this in in politics in my life. I've never, you know, we've seen some incredible uh, uh, Supreme Court confirmation battles. Obviously, going back to Judge Bork, which was the first one uh, that was really just so outrageous. What Ted Kennedy did to uh, Judge Bork, and of course, we've talked to Clarence Thomas. Now, I've been playing on my program this morning, Kaylee, um, uh, about a two minute clip of Judge Thomas um, at the time of his Anita Hill uh, hearings, and and he struck a tone in my view, that Judge Kavanaugh needs to channel today. He was righteously indignant. He was angry. Now, he kept it measured. He kept it respectful. But you could see it in his eyes. You could hear it in his voice through his clenched jaw. He said, this is a stain on America to drag someone up here with this kind of sleaze, without any evidence, with these kinds of lies. And what he said, uh, Kaylee, was the Supreme Court is not worth it. He said, no job is worth it. I'm up here not fighting for this job. I'm here fighting for my name and my reputation. I think Brett Kavanaugh needs to show that same type of anger today. He's been very, very quiet, very, very polite about everything thus far. What do you think he needs to do today? I think you're right. That was a very powerful moment in the Clarence Thomas hearings. And you could argue that, in fact, it was the defining moment. Uh, he went on to call what was happening a high-tech lynching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very accurate description of, of the accusations made against him. And, and he had that powerful moment where you could just see the anger. You could see an innocent man who was so um, he's so badly accused of something that he had never taken part in. You saw that, that anger um, come out of him. And, and I think uh, Brett Kavanaugh should have a moment like that because I know this has taken a toll on him, on his family, on, on you know, his daughters, and you could see that pain in, in his voice when he spoke on Martha McCallum and in his wife's voice as well. And and I think, uh, you know, we'll see a little bit of that today come out and um, hopefully have a, a Clarence Thomas moment where America can see just exactly uh, what this has done to him and, and those around him. My, I don't know. Did, did you watch, I'm sure you did, the interview he did with Martha McCallum a couple of nights ago? I did, yes. Uh, my heart broke for him and his wife, whose voice was breaking. You could tell this is so hard on her. I cannot imagine what this is doing. This is the price to pay for for simply being, uh, you know, in good company with President Trump. I, I feel like so much of this comes back to President Trump. Their hatred, their disdain. Anybody who says yes, I will serve Mr. Uh, Mr. Trump or President Trump, either in your administration, on your cabinet, or in this lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. If you make the mistake of saying yes, I agree with President Trump on something, or I count myself among his friends, or trusted colleagues you are essentially asking for trouble and i fear what this is going to do going forward to anybody else who is appointed or asked to serve by this president I think it will have a chilling effect, no doubt. We saw the president say that yesterday. You know, he came out and said, I, I'm fearful that if the Kavanaugh nomination doesn't go through and I reapproach some of the men or women that I was considering uh, before making the Kavanaugh selection, that they'll say, no, it's not worth it. You know, it's an extraordinary job and to be appointed to the Supreme Court, an extraordinary honor. Uh, but it's also now we see the consequences of doing so, that people can come out, they can say things about you from 35 years ago, give no details, no corroborating evidence, and yet, according to the Democrats, you are guilty, you should step down, and the hearings should not move forward. It's a very sad and scary standard to set in this country. Speaking of corroboration, we're speaking with RNC spokesperson uh, Kaylee McEnany. Speaking of corroboration, uh, the Ford team came up yesterday with these four sworn statements from individuals that they say uh, can and do corroborate uh, uh, Christine Blase Ford's allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. Now, it should be noted that one of them is her husband, three others are all their friends, and all their sworn statements 
statement say is that she told us about this. Last time I checked in legal definitions, somebody giving you hearsay about something that they said happened, does, and then you saying, yep, she told me that, that's not the definition of corroboration as I understand it. That's nothing but hearsay. That exactly. It's it's not corroboration at all. Uh, in fact, what would be corroboration is one of the people who she named as being a part of this actually saying, yes, this happened, but all of them have denied it happening. Uh, her friend even said, you know, I never even met Kavanaugh. I, I don't even know who he is. I never met him in that personal way. And, you know, I also want to, I think it's important to emphasize what Ms. Ford is saying could absolutely be true. This, this could have happened to her, no doubt. But I would also note the possibility of it being a mistaken identity charge because there are overnight two men who came forward and said, we think we were the ones who engaged in this interaction with her, not Brett Kavanaugh. The Judiciary Committee has interviewed those two individuals. So it's entirely possible uh, that both parties are telling the truth and that this is a case of mistaken identity. I, I think those questions will be asked today. I am very skeptical about those two men for one reason and one reason only. According to what I have been uh, learned, that in Maryland uh, there is no statute of limitations on on crimes like this. And and why would two men voluntarily step up and admit to something, essentially confess to a crime that they now could potentially be charged for and actually have to face a trial and, and potential conviction for? Right. Why would they, if they are innocent of this, why would they step forward and incriminate themselves? I, I don't think that that would be a logical thing to do. Um, you know, you're right about the statute of limitations, and, and perhaps these are two um, folks who, who are, are don't want to see an innocent man smeared and are doing the right noble thing and stepping forward. But those claims have to be vetted, you know, and I think they are being vetted by the committee, and I think those questions will be asked today. Uh, Kaylee, last thing about this, uh, and I really appreciate your time from a political standpoint as it pertains to the midterm elections. Um, a lot of analysts say that if the Republicans on this committee and then the Republicans in the Senate when it comes to a full vote, if they if they have a full vote, but either if they, A, don't take the vote, or B, uh, they, they do not uh, garner enough support for this particular uh, nominee to be sat on the court, that the Republicans are finished uh, coming November because the people in this country who vote Republican are going to be so angry at what they let happen to Judge Kavanaugh that they're going to say, what's the point of having a Republican majority in the Senate if they can't do their jobs? What's the point of the Republican majority in the House, et cetera, et cetera? Do you agree with those characterizations and those concerns? Well, I, I think it's important to get to a vote. And, you know, of course, a lot of that hinges on what happens today. But the Republicans have been uh, very, very unmistakable in saying we want to see this vote happen Friday. We're going to let today happen. Of course, we, we can't predict what's going to happen, whether that would change the calculation. But, but the vote is scheduled for Friday. I think it's important to have that vote. You're right. There are a lot of Republican voters who are exasperated by this and just want to see it move forward. Kaylee McEnany, spokesperson for the RNC. I'll let you get back to the TV screen. I'm going to be wanting to watch it as soon as my program ends as well and see exactly what happens here today. But thank you for your insight and analysis. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Kaylee McEnany, uh, the RNC spokesperson, uh, joining us on AM 1420. The answer, we're all anxiously uh, awaiting what happens. Um, we do know that there are statements being made right now as I just kind of watch my monitor. Chuck Grassley, the uh, chair of the Judiciary Committee, had made the opening remarks. Uh, now Diane Feinstein, the ranking minority member of the committee, uh, is making her opening remarks. After that, we should be getting an opening statement from Christine Blase Ford, and then the questioning will begin. This is supposed to all happen happen today that when she is done they will adjourn for a short period of time and come right back in and have the very same situation with judge brett kavanaugh it is a pivotal pivotal day in my opinion for the future of this country not just for brett kavanaugh 
but for the future of this country. We'll analyze and discuss that more with you at 216-901-0945 next on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1026 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I'm monitoring very closely, as I'm sure many other people are right now, the uh, the uh, testimony. I keep calling them confirmation hearings, or I want to. The confirmation hearings are over, uh, and that's why there should have been a confirmation vote for Judge Brett Kavanaugh <clears throat> already. These are not confirmation hearings. This is a special session of the Judiciary Committee to hear testimony from uh, an accuser, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, and from Judge Brett Kavanaugh. So that's what this is about. It's not actually part of the confirmation hearings. We're going to keep monitoring this. In fact, we may even tap into the feed to hear a little bit of Christine Blasey Ford's opening statement after the bottom of the hour news. For now, though, I want to go back. I played this in the first hour of the program, but for those who did not hear it, uh, I want to play it for you. This is an extraordinarily important part of today's uh, proceedings in my, po- in my point of view. In my view, what Brett Kavanaugh needs to do today during his portion of the testimony and the questioning period, what he needs to do today is he needs to get angry, and he needs to be forceful, and he needs to declare this exactly what it is, an absolute travesty of justice to even have to sit here and defend himself against something so outrageous and so ridiculous and so completely unsupported by any facts, any evidence, any corroborating witnesses or anything else. He needs to get angry in a very similar way to how Justice, or excuse me, then-Judge Clarence Thomas got angry when asked to speak at his hearing back in 1991. This is worth the listen. Am I correct in that? That's right. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Senator, I would like to start by saying unequivocally, uncategorically, that I deny each and every single allegation against me today that suggested in any way that I had conversations of a sexual nature or about pornographic material with Anita Hill, that I ever attempted to date her, that I ever had any personal sexual interest in her, or that I in any way ever harassed her. A second, and I think more important point, I think that this today is a travesty. I think that it is disgusting I think that this hearing should never occur in America. This is a case in which this sleaze, this dirt, was searched for by staffers of members of this committee, was then leaked to the media, and this committee and this body validated it and displayed it at prime time over our entire nation. How would any member on this committee, any person in this room, or any person in this country would like sleaze said about him or her in this fashion, or this dirt dredged up in this gossip 
and these lies displayed in this manner. How would any person like it? The Supreme Court is not worth it. No job is worth it. I'm not here for that. I'm here for my name, my family, my life, and my integrity. I think something is dreadfully wrong with this country when any person, any person in this free country would be subjected to this. This is not a closed room. There was an FBI investigation. This is not an opportunity to talk about difficult matters privately or in a closed environment. This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching. News. Opinion. Insight. This is AM 1420. The Answer. It's 10... All right, it is 1035 now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. You know the drill. You know where we are. You know what's going on right now. Um, I, I'm really I'm really caught here. I'm kind of trapped in my own between my own um, instincts, I suppose. Part of me wants to go ahead and tap into the live feed of the uh, testimony being given today, uh, right now, by uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, uh, after the opening statements had been delivered by Chuck Grassley, the Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman, and the uh, uh, Diane Feinstein, the Ranking Minority Member. Um, a part of me wants to tap into this and listen, but the other part of me does not want to hear this right now or give this to you in its, uh, you know, on its own. You will only be hearing Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's testimony or her direct statement which you already know you already know what she alleges that brett kavanaugh did by way of that letter we already know what uh, her lawyers have said happened as well we already know that the democrats on this committee and the democrats in the uh, uh broader senate uh, have all said they believe her they said her testimony and her story is credible despite it having zero credible evidence i don't understand where the word you know i guess the word credibility needs to be defined in the same way that the word corroborating needs to be defined they don't have any corroboration and they don't have any evidence and yet they're calling this credible why well because it's politically expedient to do so when you are trying to stop a judge from reaching the supreme court which you pledge to stop at any cost by any means necessary as kaylee mcenany pointed out uh, before on this program chuck schumer uh, ranking uh, a member of the Senate for the Democrats, the uh, Senate Minority Leader, uh, said directly, we are going to stop this no matter what. And so when they made that statement at the beginning, and now you listen to what's going on now, it's pretty clear that they meant it. But, but I just have a problem with just playing the or letting this play and uh, letting you listen to her without then also being able to play for you the rebuttal from a some of the ranking or some of the uh, majority members of the committee and b Brett Kavanaugh's response, which will happen later on today. Uh, I am only hopeful. I can only be hopeful that in the and I don't know what time we'll be getting there during Prager's show between noon and three or or during a Medved show. I just don't know exactly when Brett Kavanaugh will be taking the stand and testifying before the same committee. 
uh, that uh, Christine Blasey Ford is now. I I want to be able to say that you'll hear that, too, just so that you can hear both sides of this whole thing, but I can't guarantee it. So I'm kind of of two minds about whether I want to go to this feed right now. I'm looking at the screen, and she is talking. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford is uh, is reading her, her story of, uh, of fiction, as far as I'm concerned. And... Um, I'm, I'm really of two minds. I think I'm going to take some phone calls. If I want to tap into this a minute or two of it, uh, perhaps we will do that. Per, but for now, I just want to take some phone calls and get your thoughts on this. This is, this is extraordinarily important. By the way, this is part of, uh, Chuck Grassley's, uh, opening statements here before Christine Blase Ford did start speaking. I can give you this from the Senate Majority, Senate uh, Judiciary Committee leader. Both Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh have been through a terrible couple weeks. They and their families have received vile threats. What they have endured ought to be considered by all of us as unacceptable and a poor reflection on the state of civility in our democracy. So that just part of the opening statement from Senator Chuck Grassley. And, uh, yes, it is all of those things. It is a poor reflection. And, and, you know, I, I said this going into the top of the hour news break. Uh, this is a pivotal time as this thing gets underway for our country, for the future of our country. This is about more than Brett Kavanaugh. This is about more than Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. This is going to have an impact on how all confirmations are handled going forward. If you thought borked becoming a verb, was as bad as it could get, you haven't seen anything yet. From now on, this point forward, uh, especially depending on whether or not he gets seated, Judge Bork, of course, was denied that opportunity. If Brett Kavanaugh is also denied the opportunity to join this court despite his obvious qualifications and his appointment by President Trump, there will be a new verb. Any other future candidates being nominated are going to be Kavanaugh'd. By the Democrat Party, it will be the new verb replacing being borked, and and everything about the way we handle, uh, you know, our 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 you know two hundred fifty year you know history in terms of the Senate, in terms of the confirmation process, in terms of uh, of how we govern, it's all going to be changed because of what the despicable, disgusting, demonic Democrat Party is doing to Brett Kavanaugh right now today. How this is handled by the Senate Republicans is going to be a a tipping point for the future of this country. And I hope they are girded, they've girded up their loins for battle here. I hope they are prepared to fight tooth and nail because you know doggone well now that the Democrats are. The Democrats are taking no prisoners. They will leave, leave no stone unturned in trying to destroy this man and to stop Donald Trump from replacing a swing vote by, like Anthony Kennedy with a conservative vote like the one that uh, Brett Kavanaugh might bring. Doug is in Bedford. Uh, Doug, thanks for joining us. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead. Good morning, Bob, and I'm not trying to Kavanaugh you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> That's going to be it. I yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's... It, it bodes ill. Anyhow, I just wanted to let you know, I I think you misspoke on the statute of limitations in Maryland. It was removed if the um, alleged crime concerns an adult. But it is, oh, excuse me, it is still in place if it concerns a juvenile. 
And Brent Kavanaugh was a juvenile when this alleged crime occurred. So he could not, you know, have a complaint filed against him at this time. I don't think so. I uh, have heard something similar to that, Doug. Um, I don't have confirmation. I have also been told, and Kaylee McEnany seemed to agree when I had her on, that yes, the statute of limitations, uh, there are, rather there is no statute of limitations on a crime like this in Maryland. Um, she didn't reference right. the I, juvenile I, part, so she, she may be wrong, I may be wrong. I, I just have not seen clarification on that yet as well, far as it, whether or not a juvenile. Well, all over the internet about it being lifted and and everything. But I did some independent research, and that's what I gathered. And to be honest, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, well, you know, it would to me, too, to a degree. Um, It's just that, you know, I, I don't know how courts of law would view something like this if there was to be, for example, a grand jury and panel to decide on an indictment. Because at age 17, while he was technically not an adult, he was a ju- juvenile, we all know that people at the age of 17, sometimes 16, sometimes depending on the severity of the crime, even at maybe 15, can be tried as an adult. So would they term That's a 17-year-old true. at the time an adult for the purposes of the crime, uh, and thus the statute of limitations would, would still be you know, uh, a factor here, in, insofar as that there isn't one? Excellent point. But, you know, we also have to remember this third accuser. She was a couple years older than Kavanaugh. She That's right. She was a college student. Right. She definitely was an adult. And she stood around and watched these juvenile women allegedly gang rape and did nothing. She's complicit in this whole thing. Well, that's that's why, you know, and Doug, that's a great point. Um, and I'm going to let you loose there so I can get some other people on the radio. But that's why I don't think anybody is going to take her her remarks with with a whole lot of seriousness. Um she she was a college student alleging talking about uh, Julie um um Swetnick alleging that she came to these high school parties despite now being a college student she came home to high school parties and routinely over the course of that summer watched these events happen she didn't run screaming from the house oh my god oh my god what are you doing to her and run screaming into the night never to return she came back the next time they had a party. And it happened again, according to what she told uh, her attorney, Michael Avenatti, through, through these sworn statements. And then she didn't run screaming from the house the second time, never to return. She came back a third time, saw this, this serial gang of gang rapists continuing to drug women and ha- take turns having their way with the women. And then she came back a fourth time, and I can just do this on and on and on. Because she claims it happened no less than ten times before she was drugged and and ended up being the victim of one of these gang rapes as well. As an adult, she says she kept coming back to these high school parties where women were being gang raped. Did she stand up for any of them? Did she start to pull the boys away and saying, oh my God, leave her alone, what's wrong with you? Did she grab the girl and run out with her? Did she perhaps because the girl was incapacitated and drugged, go up and find a parent? Did she make a phone call to 911? 
Did she tell a teacher at school, oh, my God, you have no idea what they did to Sarah? Did she do anything whatsoever? No, she kept coming back to the parties, she would have us believe. Which is all I need to hear to know, that no, there were no such parties. There were no gang rape, serial gang rapists all taking turns in front of dozens of witnesses, she claims, uh, taking turns raping a drugged, passed out girl. These things didn't happen. Because if they did, she would be complicit in allowing them to happen before it finally happened to her. So we just need to stop all of this nonsense. I put this question to women. I put it on my Facebook page last night, this question to women, as it pertains to this third quote-unquote accuser. And I have a real hard time using the word accuser here. Because this is just fairy tale, you know, storytelling. But here's the question I put to women. To all female friends, consider the following. If you were in college and still going to high school parties, which, by the way, in and of itself is automatically reason for skepticism. Because that's not usually the way. When you get to college, if you are a quote-unquote partier, you go to college parties. But she's leaving college and coming to all of these high school parties in the summer? Okay, whatever. But if you did go to high school parties in the summer uh, of one of your college years, and you went to one party in particular where you saw a bunch of guys all lined up to gang rape, rape a drunk or drugged girl, would you just continue to party? Hey, somebody passed the chips. Hey, can somebody fill my cup? Hey, you guys want to play a game? Or if you saw this, would you immediately scream to stop, ladies? Scream at them to stop doing what they were doing. Followed by calling the police or your parents or the girl's parents or the boy's parents or someone, anyone who can make this terrible thing happening, stop. And regardless of whether or not you would try to stop it, Would you then come back to another party where you saw the very same group of serial gang rapists, including that menace to young women everywhere, Brett Kavanaugh? Would you come back again to see them lined up to victimize a different girl in the same way and continue to party without taking steps to stop it? And regardless of what you did at gang rape party number two, would you even run the risk of going to another third party and if you do and then you see the same gang rape assault taking place from the same group of gang rapists including brett kavanaugh would you come back a fourth time if you saw a fourth person being gang raped after being drugged by what you know to be a spiked punch bowl would you come back for a fifth party and if you did and you saw yet another girl being raped, would you just roll your eyes and say, well, there's another one. Let's play. You're not appalled at any point in this process where you run screaming into the night trying to find somebody to stop the, the fifth gang rape from happening? Would you come back a sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, and tenth time? I'm asking all women this seriously. Would you keep coming back until it was your turn to be drugged and gang assaulted? Would you then, having witnessed the gang rape of no less than nine of your friends or acquaintances or fellow partygoers, then having suffered the same fate yourself, would you remain silent for 35 years about them? Letting the rapists go free?
letting those victims suffer? Even as more victims were assaulted by the weak? Would you just remain silent about it? Would you not reach out to even one of your fellow gang rape victims to share your own stories with one another? Just to support one another? Just to try to put a stop to the weekly gang rape parties? So that other young women didn't drink from the punch bowl and get gang raped? Would you would you do something like that? Would you then only come forward three days before one of the gang rape ringleaders was about to be confirmed to the Supreme Court? Would you do that and honestly expect anyone to believe you? Because that's what they, Michael Avenatti, one of the most reprehensible, despicable, slimy, sleaziest, disgusting people on the face of planet Earth, that's what he wants you to believe from Julie Swetnick. All right, it's 1050. We'll get a check of traffic. Come back for the rest of your phone calls next on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, Christine Blase Ford has finished her opening statement. Judging by some text messages I've uh, been receiving, um, (laughs) it was quite a doozy. Uh, She has been coached, I've been told. She has been uh, uh, putting on an Oscar-worthy performance, um, and I have no doubt that those things are true. I think she's been coached since the moment she went to, quote, therapy back in 2012, because this entire thing is a giant Hollywood production, as far as I'm concerned. Rachel Mitchell, the um, uh, outside Republican counsel, is now uh, talking to Christine Blasey Ford, and obviously this will go on throughout the day. Let me go to Cynthia, who's calling us from uh, Middlefield. Cynthia, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, yes. I just want to say I look at this, this through the Christian perspective. God is in control. Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on. Oh, okay. God is in control. He showed us that when Trump got in. That was an impossible task for Donald Trump to become president of the United States with, as we know now, all the hands that was trying to keep him from being that. God is in control with Brett Kavanaugh. God works slowly. He works, he works mysteriously. But the thing we know, I know that he's in control. Look at all the information we're getting. We would not have known about all the, um, I'm on the road driving, so my mind might wander. Um, all the deception and the evilness that was going on in this country. And we're, we're getting all this, um, what is it they always campaign on? Cl- uh, um, clarity. Okay. We, we want clarity. Every politician campaigns on that. It's not clarity or something else. Um, we, we were getting all this information. I'm in the way of this big truck that just decided to come in this drive. Uh, okay. I'll tell um, you what, uh, Cynthia, I'll tell yeah. you what. You're, in the inter- because my, I'm yeah. I don't want you to, yeah, I want you to be safe. Please be safe on that road. Yeah, rather than trying to spend your time uh, thinking about what we're saying here, uh, just concentrate on the road. Listen, I want you to call me back tomorrow, okay? Please call me back tomorrow when you're in a safer place, not driving, So, because I would very much like to hear what you had to say about this. As far as God being in control, um, unfortunately, God doesn't dictate. God allows 
mankind to choose his own destiny. And sadly, there are a lot of people in mankind who choose evil. You even use that word yourself, and I agree with you. And there are a lot of evil forces out there conspiring to do terrible things. And while God may indeed look out for us in the big picture, God isn't going to step in and stop the evil uh, person from making those decisions. And sadly, there will be casualties of that evil. And that's what I fear with the Brad Kavanaugh situation. Dennis is in uh, Twinsburg. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Yes, I, I agree with your point that uh, he needs to show righteous indignation um, in terms of his performance at this hearing. But also, uh, one of the subtleties we've learned about communication is that authenticity is key to connecting with your audience. And I think that's what, what uh, Thomas did, Clarence Thomas did. He spoke from his heart. He, spoke, he gave his best thoughts. And he was authentic. And so while I agree with you, he needs to express righteous indignation. It needs to be in his signature. Agreed. Completely agreed. Uh, and, and you can't, you can't put on a performance. I don't think he should act. I'm not saying he should put on an act of outrage. It should be from the heart. And quite frankly, if I'm Brett Kavanaugh, I'm facing all of the things that he's been facing over the course of the last uh, 10, 12 days. It is legitimate anger. It is real. It is coming from deep inside his soul. What's being done to him and his family should anger him, and he should express that in whatever way that he can. I don't think he should try to copy Clarence Thomas, but I hope he finds his true, strong voice, whatever that may be, the way Clarence Thomas did. Because I think the American people need to see that. So that if and when he is confirmed as a Supreme Court justice, the American people will say, that man is a good man. That man deserves to be on that court. I trust, uh, you know, the Supreme Court to have him as an associate justice rather than them looking at him and saying, that guy got away with something. I didn't believe him, and now he's a Supreme Court justice. Oh, my goodness, woe is us. That's the reason it's got to be that way. Tomorrow, analysis and reaction of everything that happens today right here on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll see you then. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 